Well, good morning, Lake Hills. How are you guys feeling this morning? All right. Well, hey, my name is Dan Underhill. I'm the student pastor here, and we're going to continue on in our message series called Peace Out, right? Today we're going to talk about uh, peace that's inside of us that must get outside of us. And it's going to be all about the next generation. Say, the next generation. Good work. That's great, man. See, Pastor Mac has been teaching us about this peace that absolutely must start inside of us first and how it has to flow out of us because other people need that peace. Because like you heard already, we are a church of all generations committed to reaching the next generation. That is who we are. That is what we do here. And it is amazing situation that we have here. And I want to stop and just take a minute to say thank you to you. Because as the student pastor, I get to see this week in and week out. I get to see it in our student ministry. That's just one sliver of the next generation. And I've seen such amazing things happen there because of the investment that you've poured in. Whether it's you've worked side by side with me in the trenches in student ministry, or maybe you've worked in our kids' building or in our nursery or mobile loaves and fishes or served on missions teams that go around the world and serve the next generation. I want to say thank you because it's amazing what's happening here. In fact, just in the past five years, we have seen over 1,200 students commit their life to Christ for the very first time just in our student ministry. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. That being said, that's just the student ministry. You guys have done so much by investing in what's done here that there will be a legacy left beyond you that you can be proud of. You see, and I want to dive right into our scripture this morning. We're going to find it in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You see, God talks about it right there, that he wants to do amazing things, and it has to go from generation to generation. It's not meant just to stay still. It's meant to go on and on and on. And I love, I love the fact that God said in this verse in the very beginning, he can do more than we can imagine. And I think he's outdone himself already, which is great. But I'm only 42 years old. I believe God has more in store for us. And I have more plans. I have more dreams I have more things that I want to see happen, and I'm excited that when I commit my path to him, all of a sudden, he could blow my mind, and I don't think he's done. I don't think he's done. I think he's going to start building and building and building, because the next generation must be built, but the way that they're built is this. The peace that God put in you is a part of a bigger puzzle that must come out of you. 
You see, God's given you certain gifts and certain abilities, and those things are unique to you. But God placed them there, not just to keep them there and keep them secret. He wants those things out in the open to teach the other generations about them. You see, the next generation is a tricky word. As soon as you say next generation, people assume that that means the millennials or the students or the children's ministry. And even though it does mean that, that's not all that it means. You see, the next generation is simply this. Whoever comes after you. So if you are 60 or 70 years old, the next generation might be a 40 or 50-year-old. If you're 40 or 50 years old, the next generation might be a 20 or 30-year-old. And then down into our student ministry in high school or in elementary, it crosses all those. You see, that generation needs to be built. And building takes time. So first, I'll tell you, take the time to build a legacy. Take the time to build the legacy. When you take the time to build the legacy, you will never regret the time spent. Here's what happens. When the peace inside of you, the peace inside of us connects with those around us, it absolutely builds something beyond us. Ready? I'm going to say it one more time. When the peace that is inside of us connects with those around us, it builds something beyond us. And that is what I'm talking about, building a legacy, something that goes far beyond my days here, your days here, our days. We want to do something that's going to last for generations and generations. Take the time. Time is a very precious commodity. And I know it's tough because most of us in here would say, man, I am not sitting around going, what do I do with all my time? We're busy people, right? Right. We are busy people. We're busy doing all the next things. There are things that are inside of us, inside of our heart that we want to accomplish. But we have to be convinced that it's worth it to spend the time. You see, too often we can make excuses. And the excuses that we make sometimes handcuff us. And we've all made excuses. I might not be smart enough. You know what? I, I might not be educated. I don't know enough of the Bible to, to help the next generation. You know, I, I don't know. I've done this before, and it didn't work out. And I would like to challenge you. Maybe your excuse might just be your opportunity. What if your excuse is your opportunity? I believe that time works a lot like our tithe does. When we bring our tithe to God, the first 10%, God says that he'll take that, he'll bless it, and he'll multiply that out. He will multiply that out and you will be more than taken care of. I think our time is just the same way. In fact, the scripture tells us if you give, it'll be given back to you, pressed down, shaken, and overflowing. If the, Bible t the Bible tells us if you sow, you will reap. And if you are lacking time, 
maybe it's time to sow some time. Start giving some time away. Give it to someone who's beyond your generation, that's just behind you. Again, it doesn't have to be student ministry. It doesn't have to be kids ministry. It can be just someone who's just simply younger than you are by a few years that you could help hurdle some of the things that they're going to face in their lives. Because we have to ask ourselves this question. What if we don't? What if we don't choose to invest in the next generation? What happens? And I think we have to sit there and ask ourselves that hard question to get good answers. And I think you can find that there's a great quote by Edmund Burke. And it says this, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. For good men to do nothing. And I don't want you paralyzed. I don't want to be paralyzed. I don't want to be stuck doing nothing and then wondering why this happened. You see, if I'm going to be frustrated with the process and the product, I have to make sure that I'm involved in creating the change that's necessary to change the process so we get a different product. I don't have the luxury of just saying, I don't like that product. God has given me a brain. God has given me a heart. God has given me passions. God has designed me and wired me in such a way that I have the ability to create. And it's not unique to me. It's every one of us. We were all created in his image and in his likeness. And he's a creator. So we need to go out and create some things. And it doesn't have to be as difficult as we make it out to be either. Sometimes we make it out as, oh, man, I, I just don't know. That's going to take so much time. I don't, know, I don't know if I can do it. Do it as you go. As you go and you're doing what you're already doing, take somebody with you. What if you had something to do and it was bigger than you? It took more than you to accomplish it. You would then have to bring somebody with you. And you can take them alongside of you and say, come with me. See, many of you have already have built in divine dreams from God. What you're wired to conquer, businesses, creating law and process, medicine, helping communities be better and serving the underprivileged. Many of those things are already hardwired inside of you. Grab someone to come along with you. Just look at someone who happens to be a little bit younger, a little greener, that doesn't have all the experience you have, and say, hey, come do this with me. Come on, let's go. We've got to be about raising a generation of leaders, not followers. And it's not just pigeonholed to students. It is about everybody getting involved, rolling up their sleeves, and putting out the effort. Because it's going to be tough. It's going to take our effort for sure. Without a shadow of a doubt, we're going to have to push. You see, as you go, takes effort. And I want to encourage you to engage in the effort. Engage in the effort. Just the way you'd engage and you'd throw something into gear, it takes action from you. It takes movement from your hand to shift that vehicle into 
gear in order that it can move. But before you start moving, how you engage is critical. How you engage in that process is huge. We have to ask ourselves some more hard questions. What is it that I have a vision for? What is it that I'm passionate about? What is it that God's put inside of me? And have we clearly defined that so that that way we know what we're aiming at? When we ask those questions, we come up with the answers that are necessary to change the next generation. You see, again, if you're never tackling anything bigger than you, then you don't need anybody around you. But as soon as you get a God-sized vision for what he's calling you to do and what you want to see done in this earth, all of a sudden, you're forced to grab other people and use their talents and pull them alongside. It's not using them in a negative way. It's empowering them. It's grabbing them and saying, here's what I think we can do. Let's tackle this hill together. Let's beat this. In my lifetime, let's see this accomplished. What if we got excited about those things and really invested in them to say, you know what? Hunger is not okay with me. It's, it's not okay that they're incredibly impoverished people that live three doors down from us and all we do is walk in our house and say, Whew, got in safe. We've got to do something about that. We've got to move the ball downfield and it's whatever you're passionate about. What is it that fires you up? What is it that frustrates you? What is it that excites you and says, man, that I want to be a part of? That's what we have to tackle. Because it's not just enough to talk about it. we got to be about it. Talk is cheap. We live in a day and an age where everybody has got an opinion. And that is great. I am so glad you have an opinion. Good for you for forming an opinion. What are you going to do with your opinion? Oh, we're just going to talk. I don't have time for that. The next generation does not have time for that. And in fact, specifically, the young people that I work with find talk cheap. They're like, show me. Show me what to do. Show me what to do. Show me how to pull on something that's heavier than I am that I can gain the strength to accomplish what God's called me to accomplish. Show me. Don't tell me. Show me. And that is where the heart of the matter lies. You see, the Lord doesn't bless ideas. He blesses action. I think I'm going to change the next generation. I think I'm going to help somebody out. What are you going to do? What is it that we could do together that is so powerful that would engage their minds and distract whoever it is from some of the things that get us caught up in our own apathy? See, effort, that effort, we have to engage in it. Effort is so tricky. It's so, so tricky. You know why effort is tricky? Because we have different personalities, don't we? We all have different personality types. See, my personality type is the kind that this is the way it's described. And this is kind of my version where I dumbed it down and made it just basic. But it said essentially the same thing. 
My personality type says, gold is the only standard. Silver and bronze, why'd you show up? Right? How many of you guys here would say, I relate with that? Like, look, look, you know, silver and bronze, you're the first losers. That's who you are, okay? How many people, honestly, if it's just, if you relate to that, that's okay. Put your hand up. Be proud of that, right? Ready? Just so you know, everybody else finds us annoying, okay? For everybody else, just so you know, we have no idea. We are totally consumed with go, go, go. You see, I see this played out with my son. I see it in my son, and my son gets this. He got a participation ribbon, right, playing baseball. He got in the car. He closes the door. He's like, Pfft. he looks over at me. Actually, he looks over. He goes, and I look over. He goes, I know, and he throws it right on the floor. I was like, man, don't bring your participation trophy in here. If you want to do something, go win something, man. He's like, I got it, I got it. I was like, give that stupid ribbon to your sister to play dress up with. She loves to put on Elsa dresses and run around, show up a medallion. Good for her. I'm about doing something. Let's win this thing. Let's actually go out and win something. And the next generation, whether they're students or they're married with kids, Every one of them want to do something that matters. They want to be engaged in something that's far beyond themselves, that leaves a legacy that when they're no longer here, there are still people carrying on that legacy far beyond them. But it's going to take our effort. We have to engage in that effort, and we have to go after it relentlessly. Maybe this will help. If I tell you a little bit about, I went for a walk preparing for this message. And as I'm walking in, in my neighborhood, there are two hills. And I was like, man, I'm going to climb those hills. Those hills ain't got nothing on me. Look at all this. I got this. So I go out there. I'm hoofing, you know. I see the first hill. Now, both of them are very steep, okay. They're not these, like, gradual deals. That's not the way I do things. It's like all the way or nothing, okay. All right. Boom. Hills like this. Not too long. Total, already in all transparency, the total elevation change from the bottom to the top was 309 feet. I know for some of you, okay, you're like, I just run up that, no big deal. <laughs> I'm a big boy trying to get up a hill. Okay? So I'm like, first hill, no big deal. I set my eyes on the goal, right? I set my eyes on that goal, and then I said, boom, I'm gonna get this. I start walking up that hill. I start trudging up that hill. Knocked that hill out, right? I conquered that hill. Gold ribbon for me, right? I'm like looking around. There's nobody applauding. I'm like, where are you people? Do you realize what I've done? Right? And there I am. I've conquered this hill, and then it plateaus, and now I've got to go to the next hill. The next hill was twice as long, just as steep. And I put my head down, and I'm like, okay, that can't do the head down. I've got to put my eyes up. I've got to look at the goal. There's the goal. There it is. And I just start hoofing, hoofing, right? I'm losing air like a dog in Texas summer heat. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking around for paddles. I'm like, someone in this house better have a paddle to come out here and be like, I got you, right, and get me back up, Right? I think people are coming to the windows like, hey, Han, check this out. He's trying the hill. <laughs> oh, gosh, that doesn't look good. I don't think he's going to make it, right? 
I mean, people are crowding around. They're probably, you know, they're tweeting it. <laughs> I'll be on YouTube somewhere. And I got halfway up this hill, and I couldn't do it. I'm just looking. I'm like, man, focus on the goal. Focus on the goal. Because in that moment, here's what I had to do. I had to put my head down and just take the next step. I couldn't focus on the goal that was too far off. I had to put my head down and focus on the goal of doing the next right thing. That was too far. And sometimes with the next generation, that's the way we feel. It's like, man, I, I've done this before and it didn't work. The goal's too far off. If we don't have some amazing story of how we took someone off the streets and then we put them into the NFL and they became a rising star and it was so amazing and Hollywood goes, yay! If we don't do that, it's not worth our effort. And although that is awesome, that's not all of us. And today, we just have to take the next step. We've got to just take the next step. You see, some of you might feel like, hey, I'm not good enough. I doubt myself. What if I can't accomplish it? What if it doesn't work out? My question to you is this. What if we believed what God thinks of us? What if instead of thinking about what we think of us or what others say about us, we think about what God thinks about us. That you're more than a conqueror, he says in his word. That you are the head and not the tail. That you will be first and you don't have to be last. In fact, he has plans for you that are for a future and a hope. And he can do immeasurably above anything you could ask, think, or imagine. What if we believed that instead of the stuff that we allow to holster us in our past? What if we engaged in that instead? And sometimes you got to talk yourself into it. Man, I get it. We don't all wake up in the morning, hey, let's just run out in the day, right? Sometimes we got to peel ourselves out of the bed like it's duct tape stuck to the carpet, right? It's like, I can do this. I know. I went to the doctor recently. He said, hey, man, doc, I want to try to get in better health. I want to have everything kind of checked out. So they stuck me with needles, and they're taking blood, and they're jamming swabs in my mouth, and I'm just like, oh, 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 stop it, right? <laughs> I'm like, thank you, I'm paying for this. I'm being tortured, right? And then they come through, and they print out all this analytics. You come back, and you pay for the visit, and you're sitting there, and he's like, okay, here's your prescription, Dan. Here's what it is you need. You need to eat right, and you need to exercise. And I'm sitting there going, Really? You went to eight years of school for that? He's looking at me going, you went to high school and didn't figure that out? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's right. He is absolutely right. And it was simple. Now, it's, it's in its infant stages. By no means am I trying to say I've figured it out but it's only been about 10 days. And I said, you know what? I'm going to engage in this effort. I'm going to get up at five, and boom, I'm going. I'm going to start making. I started buying some meals, and if you watch my social media, you saw my wife making some great food, which is sweet. 
and I started eating healthier, and I started getting up, all of a sudden, 5 a.m., 5 a.m., 5 a.m., 445, 445. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. You want to go? You want to go? My wife's like, no, lay down. Go back to bed. None of us want to do this, <laughs> right? And I'm like, come on, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And she's like, then go and leave us alone. All of a sudden, I gained more energy as soon as I exerted the effort. All of a sudden, I gained more energy when I exerted the effort. We're not saying that it's not going to be, we're not saying it's going to be easy. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. But I think Frederick Douglass says it best when he says it this way. He goes, it's easier to build strong children than repair broken men. It's easier to build them than repair them. Our sons and our daughters. And there are far too many of them that are broken and fractured and hurt. And as they're broken and fractured and hurt, there's no one saying, hey, come with me. We need more people to come alongside and say, hey, you don't have to stay down from this. This is not the end of you. This is your past and it doesn't define you. And yes, it was a mistake, but look, I did that when I was young and watched, boom, I made it, so come with me. What we need is people that will lift up their eyes to a generation that's not necessarily students, but anyone that's beyond you, that would look at them and say, there is a future and a hope, and God has a plan for you, and he's put me next to you, so we're divinely connected for a reason, and I'm willing to do this with you. In fact, think about this for a minute. Think about when you were young. Think about the people that you wish that you had in your life. The people that could have helped you not go through what you went through. They just loved you, they cared about you, and they didn't need anything from you. How different would your life be if you had someone who said, I'm willing to invest in you, I don't want anything in return, I just want to see you make it, I'm behind you. If that appeals to you, which it does to me, then be that for someone. Be that person who reaches out and who does it and grabs hold of the person next to him and says, come on, this isn't the end of you. I've seen this before. This is a trick. Don't step in that. That's a mess and it smells. Let's go this way. Ooh, you're going to watch out? Her? No, you don't want to marry her. Him? Are you kidding me? No way. You got, you're better than this. Come on. Come on, let's go. That generation is waiting for that to be said to them. So expend the energy. Decide to expend the energy. And I don't know, sometimes, I feel like we're saving our energy for something. It's kind of like it's our retirement or our 401k or something. And it's like, man, I only have a limited amount of energy. I, I just don't. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do all that. I bet you, put me to the test and see if I'm wrong. Put the energy out and see if you don't gain more energy. If you don't learn something from them, 
because we get confused into thinking that the next generation is the church of the future. They're not the church of the future. They're the church now, right now, because it's that exact line of thinking. No, 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 that's the church of the future. No, that's the next generation. They'll be the future. That lulls us to sleep thinking that we have tons of time. And what we'll find out is if we don't make a decision today, we won't see the results tomorrow. We won't see it in five or ten years. If we're upset about the political issues that we have to deal with, let's make a different generation that we're proud of. If we don't like the communities that we see, let's be involved in the process of changing that and discipling that and putting in values that matter that we want to see our grandchildren raised in. That is a vision worth going after. Because they need us. They're waiting. They're waiting for us to grab them by the hand and say, let's go. Let's go. They want to go. But who will lead them? If we don't do it, who will? Because there are so many of us that are tied to media, tied to the information that's in our pocket, tied to so many choices that if we don't find a compelling vision, we'll probably make a poor choice. It's our job as the church. It's our job as God's ambassadors on earth to be the ones sharing the vision and talking about how great he is. In fact, this is what it says in Psalm 145, verse 4. It says, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. What is it we're telling? And do we even need to use words sometimes? What is our life telling? What is it that those that are younger than you are looking at going, oh, that's what work is like? Because if you're like me, we've made the mistake of getting up for work sometimes and going, oh, man, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. All right, let's just do this. Oh, my gosh. And they learn a value and a work ethic from us because they haven't been given the, hey, God's put me in this earth and I've got a job and he's given me the power, okay, to work and he's given me a strong body so I can do this. And his word tells me he gives me the power to generate wealth. God gave me all of this and it's an honor. I'm going to go out there and slay some dragons today. What would change about them if that's the way we walked in front of them? You see, we can't be upset at them if we think that they are lazy when yet all we've modeled is in work. It doesn't work that way. What have we modeled in our communities? What have we modeled on our teams and on our fields? What have we shown them that's different? Because it's our job to show them. That's what that verse just told us. Here's another verse that says, says it beautifully. It says, mark the blameless and behold the upright, for there is a future for the man of peace. We've got to get that peace that's inside of us out of us. It's to share. And there's a future for that man with peace. There is a future. In other words, 
there are those behind you that will then take on the torch and move forward with it. There's one last verse that I want to share with you. It's in Deuteronomy. That's what it says. In chapter 6, verse 20, it says, When your son asks you in the time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? When your son or your daughter asks you, what is the meaning of this? Why do we live this way? Why do we get up and do what we're doing? Why do we work like this? Why do we play like this? Why do we vacation there? Why do we have these jobs? What will you say to them? What are the testimonies? The Bible talks about the testimonies, the things that you've conquered. What vision have you got from God that is so great that you hurdled it, you took it, you conquered it, and when you did, you dragged people along and said, son, watch me, because here I go. Watch me, watch me. You see, you have to do far less talking if you just start moving. I believe that far more is caught than is taught. Far more of it will be caught by them saying, that's how we go. It's as we go ministry. That's awesome. Dad, why are we getting up and going to church again? Why? Because God saved me, put these eyes in my head. My body works fine. And if it wasn't for his grace, I wouldn't have all that. So you know what? The least that I can do is show up there and worship him and not be concerned about what other people think about me. I'm here to worship God. You're just a bonus. You just happen to be a bonus. But I'm telling you, the next generation is watching you and they're catching what you're putting down it's so critical that we are strategic about it that we've spent the time asking the hard questions to get the answers to change what our product is because they want to go they want to go you see when I grew up if I wanted information, I had to go to something called a library. It's antiquated, it's archaic. It's a stone building made for torture, okay? You can Google it, <laughs> images, it'll show you. You go in there and if you want to find out one piece of information, you had to get encyclopedias and lay them out, right? And you have to read and read and read. And you read five books to find out one fact. What that built in me was the ability to read and to dig and to search and to go find. And today, all of us can just take out our phones and Google it. And then we get the answer immediately. And then we wonder why the next generation looks at us and they look unbelievably arrogant and confident in what they're doing, but yet they're incredibly insecure at the same time. You're like, how can you be so arrogant and so insecure at the same time? Why? I didn't have to work for the information. And when I work for the information and someone says, hey, come with me. No, don't Google that. Look this up. Let's go. Come on. You can do this. Work harder. Yeah, you just babysit. Walk home. It's okay. It's exercise. It'll work. Right? I can't let her walk all that way. No, let her walk. Now, don't let her walk in dangerous places. Don't be crazy. But let's build something that's far beyond us. 
Let's invest our time, our effort, and our energy so that that way when we skid across death's door, it's not just us entering heaven alone. My mantra, what I live by, is I can't wait to walk across those pearly gates and say, Lord, I did my best I could, and have him look back at me and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter thy rest. And I want to respond to him. I can't just yet. I got more coming. I want to look behind me and see a generation of people that are behind me, that are not just students. They are people that I've taken for the ride and said, here's how you minister. Here's how you parent. Here's how you love as a husband. Here's how you pastor. Here's how you live in a community and you coach baseball. Here's how you drive. Here's how you spend money. Here's how you vacation. Here's how you build a legacy that goes far beyond you. So that way, when I'm up there chilling fat in heaven, P-H-A-T, I get to peer in, as the scripture tells us, and look over and go, what are they doing? What are they doing with what I gave them? What are they doing with what I invested in them? And be proud of that moment. To be proud of what they're investing in and what they're doing with what God gave them. That's a vision that I'd be proud of. When my son asks me, Dad, tell me why. I can tell you story upon story of when God provided, when God healed, when God delivered, when God restored, when he put marriages back together of friends of ours, when he brought people out of debt, depression, oppression, and he brought them into a future and a hope. Let me tell you about this person and that person. Do you remember them sitting at our table? Do you remember this family coming over? Do you remember these? This is why we do what we do. And I've decided that what I do is absolutely worth it. And I won't get caught up in my culture. I will choose to create my culture. Would you bow your heads with me? I'm so thankful that you're here. Obviously, this is a message that I'm very passionate about. Please don't get it confused with being about student ministry or kids' ministry. This is about choosing. It's about choosing to invest in the next generation, whoever it is that just might be a little bit younger than you. And deciding, I'm going to let my excuse become my opportunity. All of this is possible, but the first step is making a choice. And if you're here today, and you've never made a choice to accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, that's what starts the whole thing off. Without him, there's no point of a legacy because it doesn't go anywhere. There's no way to go. 
And if you've never done that, by accepting his death, his burial, and his resurrection that we're going to celebrate soon together. But if you've never celebrated that personally by making him your Lord and Savior, you can do that today. It's very simple. All you have to do is ask quietly there by yourself. It's between you and the Lord to say, I choose you. I didn't know, but now I know. And I choose to accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I want to have this God first life. And if you do that, we are so proud of you. It's what we design everything here for. It's what we do. It's how we move. It's why we plan the way we do is to grow the community of Christ one life at a time. So thank you for doing that. But if you've already done that, I want to talk to you first for a quick second. What choice will you make? To be a part of the solution? Or to stay apathetic? To stay stationary? Will you choose today that you're going to go out and look for somebody to take with you as you go? I promise you it'll be a wild ride. Back to those who made that decision for the first time. If you made that decision for the first time, that's huge to God. That's huge to us. And we're so excited about it. We'd love to know and we'd love to pray with you. Would you be willing and bold enough to just kind of raise your hand and say, that was me. I made that decision today to step across the line of faith and just raise your hand straight over your head and just say, hey, that's me. Pray for me. I may need help with this later on. But would you pray for me? And we will. We'd encourage you to get connected. Stop by the tent outside and fill out a connect card and talk to someone about that decision today because that's the greatest decision of your life. And we have a tradition here at Lake Hills when you put your hands down, we put our hands together and say, welcome home. Welcome home.